business in the front, party in the back, pause. podcast. Like I need to go. I haven't done that for you ages. You just did like a little like head bop like yeah, no to the side. No one can see that. I've been that with my drum a couple of times, so I just wanted to do something different. <laughs> anyway. Please God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michelle. And I am Lauren. And yes. welcome to the podcast. We're all uh, talking about newsletters and list building today, something I'm still learning yeah. to do myself. Um, and the show, of course, is brought to you by my business, Michelle R. Price, The Lightworker. Um, so if you want to have a lovely reading, angel cards, mediumship, I also do mentorship, weekend gatherings, uh, whatever you like. I can play the drums if that's what you want to do with me. More <laughs> happy, I can accommodate. Uh, so Michelle R. Price, The Lightworker on Facebook. Yeah. So one of the reasons why we wanted to choose the subject that we did today, um, I kind of pushed for it, I guess, is because I recognize that, you know, when you don't own a platform like Facebook and Instagram and you rely on those platforms to connect your audience and to build your relationships with your audience, you're really sort of at the, um, you know, at the, uh, I'm losing my whim. word, but basically the whim, at the whim yeah, thank you, yeah. of, of those algorithms. And you're not in control of being able to connect to your audience like you want to. You know, with Facebook now, you have to go see us first kind of thing to even get your page seen first. And if people have done see us first for, you know, the 30 pages that they want to hear from and you're not one of them, then the chances of you being seen first is really slim. So it's difficult. So, you know, it kind of made me realize uh, recently that I really needed to put a little bit more emphasis and effort into building a newsletter and building an email list so that I was able to build relationships with my audience and be able to connect to them on my own terms. Mm. So this is something that I've also been really encouraging Michelle to do because, um, you know, just because people are buying from us now or getting our services from us now doesn't mean they're going to continue to show up every month. And we want to be able to reconnect with them when we have specials and exclusives, when Michelle launches her book, when I have my time management course go live, you know, all these sort of things that happen. We want to be able to reach out to our audience and connect to them directly, as opposed to hoping that they see a message from us through Facebook or Instagram, for example. So that's kind of the whole motivation for our call today. And uh, I'm not an expert in this subject. I do know a lot about it, but I um, haven't been working in the, you know, in the newsletter building industry for a long time at all. So we actually brought in um, an expert as well to speak with us. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Yeah. So I guess, you know, this is a chance for us, uh, as it is every week, to catch up on what each of us has been doing. You know, maybe something really fabulous that's happened, something we've learned, you know, things like that. And so I might go first if you're sure. happy. Go first. So I recommenced yoga this week. So we talked a little while ago about uh, the importance, how we both love to do running and yoga and things like that. And when the uh, official classes aren't happening and I was doing a lot on Zoom, um, then it's difficult sometimes to find the motivation to walk upstairs, you know, switch on the TV and Zoom and, um, you know, watch a recording back. So yeah. um, they've started the official kind of live life, get active ones here, which are free. And they're twice a week, so Monday and Friday. So I did my first one today. And you might remember I did it a few weeks ago. And then I had my techie friend come over and spend eight hours here. And I was up till two in the morning yes. feeling rubbish. And I haven't actually done it since then. I'm still recovering. So I went out this morning. It felt awesome. The sun was coming up. I was like, you know, the birds are singing. It was like amazing. So 
such a good experience. I'm just going to lock that in every kind of Monday and Friday so that, you know, at six in the morning, it's not going to interfere with anything else. And we spoke last episode, I think, about getting up earlier and then you have time to do stuff before you get into your day as well. So I think that's really great. Yeah. So I sort of recommenced that. And this week, it's been probably a good time to do that because I don't know, the energy has been really weird, Lauren. And I've been talking to some other friends who are involved in this sort of spiritual arena as well. And this week, everyone's just been kind of rescheduling and just missing appointments. So I've gone from having sometimes thinking I'm doing four or five readings in a day and I may have one. So it's either people just kind of not showing up. I had a a regular client of mine who's seen me quite a few times, not show up at my house and I haven't heard from her. So, you know, which is really out of character, which is really odd. And a lady in America, time conversions, we get our time conversions wrong. It just seemed like every... Every appointment, there was something like that this week. It was really strange and uh, left me feeling a bit kind of out of sorts. I was a bit like, oh, is it something I'm doing? Am I doing something wrong? So (laughs) I just wanted to go to yoga because it's been a bit of a a process for me kind of breathing through that, you know, trying to process that, come to terms with that. But, you know, it's probably nothing personal. Um, I have had clients message me later and say, sorry, I was in hospital. I had a terrible accident, you know, things like that. So we always have to think it's not just about us because this is a regular, you know, client of mine. I'm sure it's fine. Um, but you worry, you know, we haven't heard from someone. So, um, so I've got back to yoga just to sort of, you know, try to really process that. Um, and in some really good news, which I'm really excited about, I was offered a gig on, um, something called psychic radio. They're based in Tennessee and they have like a TV show, a channel called Moonstruck, I think it's called. And so I'm considering that. I just spoke to the lady, one of the ladies who works there. You have a producer. They do it live through Skype. And yeah, the producer sort of puts the callers through to you. And then you do like a couple of readings. It's uh, a lot slower paced than what my Facebook lives are, where it's just like, you know, five minutes, you know, for everyone. So this is a lot more slower paced, more involved. And then they sort of play your callback, like recording of your call um, and the readings that you did kind of over and over for the following two weeks. And then you do a new recording every week. So I thought, oh, this might be a good thing. It's a bit of an investment. I haven't really invested anything. I've been doing this for over four months and I haven't really spent anything apart from buying incense and sprays. Like I haven't really spent anything. So, you know, when we talk to David, I'll be sort of asking about that, you know, about investment, what we should be spending, you know, how soon, all that sort of stuff in terms of, you know, we're talking about the email lists and, you know, some of that costs money, you know, some of the things you can compare to. So we'll be asking David that, but um, yeah, I just think maybe, maybe it's worthwhile um, investing a little bit, see how it works, giving it a test, a test run for 90 days. And then, yeah, see if I get sort of bookings and things. She did mention they're often looking for mentors. A lot of the people that follow Psychic Radio and the TV channel and I do the mentorship. So I figure if anything, maybe I can get some more, you know, mentoring clients and things like that through that. So yeah, I feel like I might give that a go. So I'm pretty excited about it and I'll um, keep you posted. Yeah. What have you been up to? Yeah, that's good. It's worth trying new stuff. That's for sure. As long as, you know, um, your return on investment, if it makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been down this week, but I'm feeling good today actually. So that's good. Um, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm feeling good today. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I realized that I'm not a machine and I'm not overwhelmed. That's not what it is. Cause I know like our last episode, we talked yeah. about that. I'm really good at time management. So I'm able to manage everything. The, the issue with me is that I get really pumped up and I'm aware of all the things I need to do. So I sometimes want to do everything and then I end up working 
seven days a week for months and months and months. Yeah. And so this week was a real culmination of that where I started not feeling myself. I feel like, you know, kind of I'm right above depression, if that yeah. makes sense. Right? Yeah, like I'm totally not in there, but I'm feeling that I'm getting close. Yeah. So I talked to my partner about it and he kind of just made it really obvious, which I hadn't really thought about. He's like, you work at home almost all the time. The only time you really leave is when you're going to get groceries or you're going to your other job. And, you know, I don't have like a circle of friends here. I've just moved here. I have some people I know, but so I kind of realized that it, you know, it's months and months of that stacking up on itself has kind yeah. of hit the point. And even though I'm running and doing things like that, I'm not really having as much fun, I guess. So, you know, we went for a bike ride. We went to our local pub and just had a couple of snacks. And um, we went out yesterday. We're going out, going out on Saturday night. And I was talking to another entrepreneur and she said that she schedules in every week three social things for her to do. Mm -hmm. to kind of that are different from work. So I'm realizing yeah. that I need to make a really big conscientious effort of doing that because I'm not probably filling up my cup as much as I need to do, need to yeah. be. Yeah. So I booked a facial in for later today, treat myself and uh, yeah, and kind of just being aware of that. And also this sounds sort of embarrassing to say on... <laughs> On the recording, I would tell you, but anyway, I'll just say it anyway. But I didn't, I don't really like writing down if I'm having a challenge and I'm trying to figure it out. I don't really like writing it down. Like sometimes I will, I guess, but I, I, I realized talking out loud really helps. Yeah. So I actually was driving in my car yesterday and I just, just started talking out loud about all the things that. I'm feeling and I just felt so much better after that even though mm -hmm. I didn't get a response it just made me feel you know kind of less in my head that's I think that's my challenge at the moment is I'm really in my head mm. and um, kind of like you I need to be back doing my yoga so I did some yoga yesterday which is really good and normally I would do like a power yoga but I didn't I did an, a yin yoga and then I also did a little meditation I was really kind of focused on nurturing myself yeah um because you know what it's like when we, when we're spending all these hours and when we're new in business, it's not always yielding a return on investment. And so it's slow growing and, you know, you're thinking, well, why am I busting my butt for 60 hours a week when I'm not getting a huge return yet? I mean, for you, it's a little bit different, but yeah. So I think it was just kind of the culmination of a lot of that, but I feel that I'm kind of getting a little bit of my energy back again. And, uh, yeah, but it's just something for me. I need to watch out, I guess, kind yeah. of take care of myself. Yeah, it's one of it was something that you and I spoke about was um, scheduling in something for yourself, minimum, you know, one time a week, you know, something for you, whether it is a facial or um, a manicure or whatever it is. We did talk about that. And I think um, sometimes we then forget, you know, and I've been thinking about that beautiful rainbow that I saw when I was running across the bridge and we haven't had a lot of that sort of weather lately. So I've kind of missed, you know, seeing the rainbows and um, yeah. having those experiences. And so, you know, I've definitely been feeling a little bit sort of, um, yeah, a bit down and, and I do deal with a lot of people who are going through a lot of stuff. So, you know, it does sort of mount up on you sometimes and being, more of an empath now than I ever have been because as you know, when I was a journalist, I was very desensitized. I didn't really feel much. And so now, you know, I'm feeling a lot, 
And I think that in itself can be a bit overwhelming and it's um, a different kind of overwhelm though to what we were discussing, you know, in that previous podcast. It's um, just, yeah, I think, it's all the emotional stuff, you know, sometimes, yeah, yeah it mounts up. And, and I find yoga, you've got to have your outlet and that's what I tell a lot of people. You have to have your outlet and you have to know what that is. And for us uh, running in yoga, you know, they're very masculine, feminine, very balanced, um, which yeah. is great. But um, depending on what yoga you're doing, of course, but I, I like my yin. So I do the running as the masculine, yin is my, you know, feminine. But yeah, it's a, it's a good lesson to remember to have those outlets. And, you know, sometimes it's good just to cry it out. You know, I had a little cry in the bath. My husband came in, we had a chat. And I think like it's um, good to be vulnerable sometimes too with your partner because he's like, he kind of sees me as this strong, you know, business person now and doing all these things. But I mean, we've been doing this for over four months. And yeah. you know, we're kind of, I, I don't exactly know what I'm doing. Like a lot of this is like, oh, that sounds like fun. Let's do that. So I think, you know, it was good for him to kind of see that because he was like, oh, I just thought, you know, you're just flying along yeah. and it's amazing and all this stuff. And so it was actually really good. It was a bit of a reality check, you know, for him as well to like check in on me, um, make sure yeah. I'm doing okay. So yeah, I feel like we've had very, um, very similar weeks this week, Lauren. And I really, yeah, um, everything that you said then, you know, I really hear that and I really feel that. Yeah. And I think that's important too, is not being alone in that, you know, yeah. reaching out. Cause I reached out to a couple of business people and they said, Oh, we've gone through this too. You're not alone. Oh, and it's like, I love that. And that's yeah, what and I thought, sometimes. yeah. And I was like, okay, but then having a strategy, you know, yeah. to kind of work through it. So yeah, it's good. And it, you know, we need to recalibrate, like that's part of it, right? You need to reevaluate all the time. Yeah. Oh, I'm in a bad habit. I need to change this up you know, and kind of like stopping and, and just readjusting. So yeah, for sure. Anyway, shall we get Love into that. the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we are now going to speak with our guest, David. He's uh, waiting to speak with us and yeah, I can't wait to talk to him all about this because I really do believe that when you have a direct connection with your potential clients, customers, previous clients, customers, it really can change your whole face of um, the whole face of your business. So Let's see what David has to say, shall we, Michelle? Yeah. Hey, welcome to the show. We are joined today by David Letizia. He is a marketing systems specialist who designs and then implements marketing campaigns that deliver results for small and medium-sized local businesses. He has experience across a wide variety of industries and works with startups right through to reinventing older businesses. With a background in engineering, business management, and marketing systems, David and the team at Your Business Optimized can provide lead generation and data capture, lead magnets and landing pages, online competitions, marketing campaigns, follow-up and automation, business systems integration, where they link all your data sources together, loyalty and referral programs, joint venture opportunities, marketing strategies, and customer journey mapping. David's joining us today to talk about all things emails, however, which we know is a huge part of marketing. And we are so thankful to have you. Hi, David. Welcome. Hello. How are you going? That was a really amazing introduction. Yes. I was just going to say, at least uh, Michelle and I are like, damn, we got the right guy for, um, for this conversation. <laughs> That's, for, That's sure. for sure. So um, why don't you tell me, you know, or tell me and Michelle and our listener at home, of course, maybe a little bit about how you kind of got started in business and, you know, what sort of has kept your interest in terms of um, like why marketing? 
Sure. Well, uh, in my corporate career, I, I did do some business development roles, um, some bid, bids, major bids, and uh, and just in the construction industry where I was from, one of the key things was actually keeping your existing clients. So like, some of my clients were worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to the business, and if I lost one of them, it was that was jobs basically. So I was really keenly focused on keeping clients. Um, in between bid processes or whatever, I'd talk to them to find out exactly what they wanted and what we weren't doing. Um, and just when I left corporate and got into small business, I was a bit shocked that people didn't do that. They um, they seem to be, I don't know, um, they treated their small their, their existing clients not um, they didn't neglect them, but they they didn't realise how important they were to the sustainability of their business. Right. And they didn't and they didn't really use their existing clients to help them get new clients. And and that was something that really, um, yeah, I couldn't leave it. So I thought, well, I can help them with that. So that's, that's probably yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so, so true. Like people don't recognize that, you know, their clients or that everybody that they meet is a potential referral. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, so as you know, we're talking today about marketing, of course, um, it's a big part of business. When did you realise the importance of having direct access to your customers and clients? And I guess, you know, why is it so important? And I, we kind of alluded to that then with the referrals and things like that. Yeah, well, I think if you are not talking to your clients and, and particularly finding out where the next opportunity is, you're missing out on a really big opportunity. Firstly, because if the client's happy with you, they're going to be even more happy to talk about what other things you could do for them. And like people don't want to go looking for someone new to, to help them out in, in any, whether it's their business or in any aspect of their life. So if you know what they want next, or you know what you're not doing um, at the moment or, or, or what maybe is not optimal for them at the moment, it just gives you such an advantage because you can fix those things really easily. Keep that client and maybe they'll they'll tell tell their friends or whatever about you and how good you are at at fixing their problems and and they'll introduce someone else to you and it's sort of the, that's the way I built my business basically I don't I don't do a lot of um, a sort of cold traffic type uh, lead generation a lot of my yeah. stuff comes from from people who I know or people that they know and uh, and it just builds from there. Mm. So one of the reasons we did want to talk to you today was because Michelle and I are both building businesses at the moment. And one of the things that we're both aware of is that we need to, you know, essentially continue to communicate and build relationships with our existing clients and also with future clients. Um, because, you know, especially with your business, David, when you look at all the things that you offer, somebody might not be interested in one thing that you do, but then they're interested in subsequent or other products that you are offering. So a big part of that is essentially getting people on your email list and then building that relationship. So initially, before we talk about building the relationship and how often we should be emailing people, can you tell me a little bit about how you start and build an email list because some people might be thinking, oh, I haven't been keeping track of emails at all. I actually worked with a client a couple um, months ago and they had never saved email addresses. And if they had, they would have probably had over 25 to 30,000, I would have thought. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like a huge client that like they no record keeping and there was a big like a, a weather issue that they lost a lot of stuff. But um, 
yeah, I thought that was a huge missed opportunity. So can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. One of the things um, I always do when I first go uh, and, and talk to a new potential client is have a look at where, where their data is actually at. You know, we look at their invoicing system potentially, um, what, what staff have sent messages, you know, in their own um, email systems. We try and extract that data and just see how many um, of booking systems, for instance, uh, off their website, there might be um, a, some, some data that's been stored on their website, for instance, if someone filled out a form that they didn't really have that linked up to a CRM, for instance. So I go looking for any information that we can find, even if it's only a mobile phone number. And, and that, that's all part of the data set that you can then use to um, start your communication process. So even if you've only got a mobile phone number, for instance, you can actually send those people an SMS and say, hey, look, we're, we're, we're running a special or an offer or whatever, and ask them to actually opt into it. Most, most of those SMS type processes allow people to reply with an with a, a, um, email address. And straight away, you can extract that from their CSV file, and that, that's an email address for someone that you only had a phone number for. So there's actually quite a few processes you can you can get a, a mobile phone number from an email address or an or email address from a mobile phone number quite easily if you, if you take the right approach. Don't try and sell anything, obviously. You're trying to just communicate. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, interesting. So interesting. So another way to get people onto your list, uh, David, is like lead magnets. So, yes. um, yeah, what, what is that? Can you sort of um, explain that for a listener at home? Sure. Well, a lead magnet's basically like a magnet trying to attract people by giving away something of value um, and normally for free. So um, oh, we just did one for uh, one, of the, one of the companies that, that I work for and it's basically, it, it's a cooking guide for a, a business that sells generators. So they sell generators, but the, the main clients are people who travel, right? They go away. So um, it was like a bush camping guide and it's, okay. and it, it's sort of, it's not like, it's not directly, um, you're not trying to sell a product. You're not trying to um, actually sort of maybe even introduce something that's very direct to your business, but it's a related thing. So that you're the sort of clients who you want to bring on board who are going to buy your product eventually. It's something that they'd be interested in. So, and, and probably not as like, it's not a sales brochure or um, a product brochure. It's something of interest. So, so you, you're trying to get them. So for instance, another one is, um, um, we do something for a company that sells CPAP machines and we put together a, a sleep um, guide for them. So basically 17 ways to get to get to sleep better or something. You know? So oh. it's it's someone who is likely to buy your product would have that issue or will be interested in that issue. Yeah. And so you're just exchanging something of value um, for an email address. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, so I think that, you know, in society nowadays, and David, you're a little bit older than me and Michelle, so maybe <laughs> you can tell us as well what you think about this, but I feel like in society nowadays, we're really, really clear that we need to build relationships with people as opposed to just selling. And I love the fact that with lead magnets, that you're essentially giving them a sample of your business, a sample of of like a bigger offer, something that you know will add value to their life. And, and then you're starting, you know, you're kind of saying, hey, here's a gift for us to slowly start to get to know each other a little bit better, I guess. So you did give some really great examples there about 
you know, lead magnets that I have never seen before. So that kind of gives you that good point of difference. Can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you understand how to create a lead magnet for something that your audience wants? Because I guess that's a huge part because I know I've seen people, you know, put all this time in creating lead magnets and it's like, yeah, but your audience doesn't want that. Mm. Well, probably the simplest way is, is if, if the, if the um, client has really no idea what might be of interest is actually to pick their most popular product and then pick one aspect of it. So one of my most recent clients runs a, a massage therapy school and we just picked why would you, like she said, oh, you know, I run all these training and she wanted to talk about all of the training. So I oh, don't do that. Why would someone want to do the training? What's the, what's the reason for them doing the training? So we just made a little guide, which was um, seven, seven steps to, um, to a massage career or, or I think it was called seven was, yeah, it was, I think it was the seven steps to to build your your home-based massage career or something like that. And um, and I just picked from her website. I just picked some bits and pieces, um, you know, the good things that it, that people had said from the course. It gave me such confidence, you know. I finally, I've been I've been wanting to do this for a while. I can do it from home. You know? So I just picked. It was reviews basically off off her training, and we built that into um, a seven-step guide. A couple of pictures. Um, some branding on the end, you know, just how, how do you how do you get in contact with this? Like it, it didn't take very long at all. Yes, yeah, because the material, like in the content, people already have it. They mm. just haven't thought about making it as a bite-sized offer. Mm. And, and not salesy. So it's more. It's like fair enough. You are going to try and sell at the end of it, but but you're not doing that as the first step. The first step is giving some useful information, and ideally something different to what's already out there. So yeah. you don't want to repeat what your competitor's doing. Um, you probably should have a look at what they're doing and and then do something a little bit different. So um, you don't want to be exactly the same. And what about promoting? So we've got our lead magnet. We've figured that out. What are the kind of the best ways that you recommend uh, to promote that and get the word out there? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I guess that that's the real key to uh, proper lead generation. Where are your prospective Perspective customers, you know, are they on Facebook? Are they on Pinterest? Are they on LinkedIn? Um, are they likely just to be doing Google searches? And you really probably need to test that a little bit. You, you can actually do stuff without hardly spending any money at all. Like you don't even have to run Facebook ads if you've already got a, a good Facebook audience, for instance. You can just just run a post on Facebook. Just have a link to wherever the lead magnet's located. Um, if you if, like, if you've a little bit techy and you can quickly build a landing page on your existing website that has the um, the lead magnet embedded in it or a form that then people then you can email the people the um, the content that's the best way to do it you want to drive traffic from like if you're doing Facebook Facebook to your website yeah. and then from your website to your email system and yeah. then back back to your website so basically you're just trying to create a loop of of, of um, activity because Google loves that Facebook loves it. it it'll it'll you'll get all the good ticks from the the algorithms if you do that sort of activity so mm. it, it look at we, we try Facebook for most people um, obviously like if it's an engineering or something sort of a bit more blokey probably not Facebook's probably not the place to go LinkedIn might be better and then 
if if neither of those things are suitable, then you just have to do your um, SEO and pay per click through Google. You just got to pay your pay your way to get those get the keywords to um, to promote your product or service. So, and I guess one algorithms the they make life difficult. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Damn those free resources that make us you know, pay or <laughs> do things right. the way they want them done. Um, and I guess, like David, you know, when you're involved in podcast recordings like this, or anytime you're showing up in any kind of media, um, it's also reinforcing that you have those lead magnets available, and then directing people where to find them. I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm aware of being difficult is that once you have people uh, signed up to your email address, whether it's through a lead magnet or whether or not you've kind of gone through, you know, your accounts and things like that, assuming that you're allowed to contact these, these people is also making sure that people stay on your email list. So, you know, how do you recommend that people continue to build and nurture these relationships? Sure. Well, you need to contact them at least once a month. Like if you're not if you're not doing something once a month, then it's very very likely that, that that those people will either drop off or you won't get through next time you try and email them something. So, once a month is the absolute sort of longest period you should do. Um, I know a lot of people email um, far too regularly in my view. Um, every second day or every third day, I think that's far too much. So I'd say weekly weekly is probably the, um, unless there's something really specific that you want to, you know, a very short time frame offer and you want to have have two goes of trying to get them to sign up, you might do something within three days of each other or even, even shorter period. But other than that, no, I don't think you should be going too often. And look, most um, CRM systems or even, you know, even market, you can, you can see when people have unsubscribed. So if you have, a handful of people um, who unsubscribe from something, well, probably means you did something wrong. <laughs> you, might have, you might have had something in there that was a bit controversial or, or whatever. And if you've got their details, there's no problem with you ringing up and say, hey, look, um, I sent some stuff out last week, had a bit of uh, negative feedback about it, I was just, just wondering what you thought or whatever, and just have a conversation with them. It's a bit hard to get them back on on something like MailChimp, but we, I do that all the time from my clients. We, we have a look each month at who's unsubscribed and I always give them that report and say, were any of these people important? Because they've unsubscribed or they've, they've, they've um, not clicked the link that they probably should have clicked, for instance. So do we need to talk to them and get them back on? Because, um, you know, you're not going to be talking to them anymore. So uh, it's pretty, it look, some of the systems, um, like uh, Active Campaign has it, um, Keep and Infusionsoft have it, a few of the other systems, and even MailChimp has it as well. Um, you can actually they actually assign a rating score to people depending on what they click and what they open. Yes. And it's really important that if someone who's got a high score unsubscribes, you need to talk to them because that's, yeah. that's a really bad sign for your business. If a, if a good, I guess, digital prospect um, unsubscribes, so... That's such a good tip. So minimum, really, uh, we're looking at once a month. Weekly is ideal based on what you were just saying. So is it a good idea for us to be doing this like an automated way, like just having that, you know, email sort of set up and, and sort of fairly automated um, or should we be there, you know, manually sort of doing all of this? What's your feeling with regard to that? You can automate some things, but um, 
you know, some of our clients, we build long-term nurture sequences. So we, we, we have a bit of a life cycle. Say there's, you know, after, after three months, we're going to ask them, you know, is there anything that we can do for you type thing? After six months, we might ask for, do you want to have a service done or something? Some of those things based on a transaction, you can, you can automate those things like, you know, a, a yearly service, for instance, or, um, you know, clean your filters now or something like that, you know, something that's, that's a regular recurrence. They're okay to automate. But if, it, if it's marketing or um, engagement type things, I would say don't do that. Like every month you should come up with um, some new story or some new bit of content. And the best content is, is what you've created. You know, things that, that you've done for your clients or yeah. things that clients have told you about your service or whatever. They're the best things because no one else has them, right? They're mm-hmm. unique, unique information. You don't have to create it yourself. You're just copying a review, for instance, or you're promoting something that someone said about your product um, or even some idea that someone's come to you. you know, they might have come. We use a lot of frequently asked questions. You know, if, we're ever, yeah. if I'm ever stuck for, for content, I just say, oh, can I talk to some of your salespeople or some of your um, you know, operations people about what, or questions were asked this month. I'll just ring them and just say, you know, if someone's got a phone line for their business, I'll just ring the phone line and I'll talk to one of the people and say, you know, what are you? What are the questions? What are, what are the partners been asking about this month? And if they don't know, they'll pass me on to someone else. And normally I get really good content and then I'll write a story about that. So, um, yeah, that's such a good hack. That's so, 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 so good. And like frequently asked questions is also a really good way to generate um, social media content as well. Blog exactly. content, not just newsletters. So that that's a great tip. Thanks for that, David. So you kind of alluded to it before that you check your analytics every month. Um, do you recommend checking your analytics essentially after you've sent an email initially? What's the average open rate? And also do you recommend A and B testing? And can you explain that slightly? Sure. Um, yeah, open rates are a good one. Um, like for a transactional email, and like if you're sending someone a, um, a copy of an invoice or whatever, then you, you get really good open rates. So you get up around that 70, 80% rate for them. And the same if you run a competition. If you run a competition and, and uh, you send them a, an acknowledgement email saying, hey, you're in the competition, they're normally sort of 60, 70, 80% open rates. And then it drops off from me basically. So right. uh, thank you email after a purchase, typically over 50%. Um, yeah, okay. But then depending on what you do, as soon as you try and start, start to sell something, you'll get drop off. You'll get people because the um, a lot of the website or the, uh, some of the email ISPs, they pick up on keywords. So if you've got sale in their special discount, all those sort of things, Not necessarily spam folder, but in the other or in the um, promotions folder, for instance, and then people don't necessarily open those things. So, and but, but you can see that as well. Most most of the things tell you they tell you whether people have opened it or not. So um, you can track that down. And that's when look if you have automation behind your email systems, people who don't open, you can resend the email to those people. Whereas people who do open it. You don't yes. resend it, right? Because all you do is annoying them then because they've already opened it. They've already seen it. And especially if the call to action is to click a link or to do something or book something or phone you, absolutely important that you need to not send those people another yeah. email asking them to do what they already, they've already done because 
that can quite often lead to an unsubscribe because you've just annoyed them, mm. right? And, yeah. and even the cheapest um, email automation systems will will allow you to take that step, you know, take that, auto, that simple automation step and take those people out of any reminder sequence. Yeah, that's a really good idea. That's actually a really good tip to, um, to resend the email to people who haven't opened it because sometimes it could have gone to their spam. They might not have yep. seen it. But, but when you do that, change the headline. You must change the subject line. And in fact, if you have, if you have any sales words in there, free, special, all those sort of things, take them out of the second one because quite often it's, it's, it's just that subject line that gets you put into the, to the spam folder. So. Oh, okay. So David, can I just check? Cause that's really interesting. So it's not necessarily the email address. So your email isn't necessarily sending into spam. It could be just the subject line. Especially to Gmail and Hotmail. Ah, oh, the Yeah, because I've really heard that. Because special puts it maybe in the in the promotions folder. Yes, yes, yes. If you say sales, special, price, oh. um, limited time, all those sort of salesy type right. words, you'll almost certainly end up in Gmail's um, promotions folder. Yes. Ah, oh, that's so interesting. I thought it might have been to do with my um, the email address I was sending it from or something. So that's no, um, and you can test it too because you can just say to people, "I'll just send you one that says thank you," or um, you know, just a normal subject. Where it goes? Yes, and don't put invoice in anything that you send. Either. Don't put invoice or um, payment. Ah, okay. Yep. Yeah. How interesting. So we've talked about the subject line there and that's obviously really important because we don't want our email to go into spam. What about the title of the actual email? Is that, is that super important as well? Whatever the title, you know, might be. Something engaging, you know, it's, it's really, you want to allude. We use a lot of curiosity headlines in that we don't finish the headline. Like, um, uh, like if you're interested in something, but don't tell me exactly what it is. Right. So, um, What's this one? I think I'm really, uh, did now. Uh, this was like for Father's Day, right? Um, really interesting Father's Day gift, and that's it. That's what you say. Yeah. Or um, fathers are, are really keen on these latest products, something like that. So you don't actually tell them what it is. Yeah. You're just alluding to the fact that it's something to do with Father's Day, and then if they've if they've got any interest at all in that, they'll click they'll in. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's a great idea. And actually, I would click on that. I'd be like, "Ooh, what do fathers want?" Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. "I have a father. What, what? You know, what does he want?" That's so funny. So, um, I do want to ask the the question. It's kind of a big question, I guess, in the sense of like how often you scrub your email list. So, by scrubbing um, for our listener at home, I mean how often you take people off your email list because there's a lot of, um you know, providers like MailChimp and um, things like that, that actually charge you based on how many people you have on your email list. Yes. So I know one strategy is actually to like email people a lot. And if you don't want to hear from you, they'll unsubscribe themselves. And then you're not paying to basically talk to people who don't want to hear from you. But how do you determine who you scrub off your list, David? And when do you make that call? Right. Well, certainly um, MailChimp, charges you for any email address that's that's bounced or they've cleaned, for instance. So so say an email address was hotmail.com instead of hotmail.com, they won't take it off your list and they'll still charge you for it even though they can't send to it. Right. So so that 
if you look in somewhere like Mailchimp has it, all the other ones have it as well. If you see a, if there's a clean list or a um, a bounce list, make sure you have a look at that. And and if you if you can't determine what the email address should have been, like .com instead of .com or Gmail spells incorrectly or Hotmail spells incorrectly, if you can't determine that that's the error and fix it, then you should delete those people off your list. Um, and if they've got a phone number, then obviously you can you can ring them or um, SMS them and see if you can repair that, you know, that email address. Um, so you should definitely do that. Anyone who complains or does any sort of negative post anywhere, we take them off straight away. There's no point arguing oh. with people. If they, if they, like I sent out, just talking about those Father's Day ones before, we got a few people who wrote back and said, oh, my father's dead. Well, straight off the list. We don't want to, you know, that... That person yeah. doesn't understand marketing and they're likely to complain about whatever you do. So we just take them straight off the list. There's no point. It's, it's the same as Facebook posts. If anyone says anything negative, we reply and then we block them. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's basically you don't want to interact with people who, who, you know, who don't want information from you. It's, you're much better off having them off your list because clients um, – very nervous when they get complaints or unsubscribes. Yeah. Anyone who unsubscribes, obviously, straight away off. Anyone who complains and doesn't necessarily unsubscribe, we always take them out as well. Um, any negative comments, any any difficult sort of people. I get I get quite often um, <laughs> the sales team from from a business will ring me and say, "Hey, this person's just been a complete." Pain on the phone. I said, "Oh, what the details?" And I'll find them in the system. We just take them straight off. Right. Unless they're one of the top people who are like <laughs> clicking at everything, I guess you've got to sort of think carefully about that. Yeah, yeah they're, the a bit different. yeah. they're a bit different. But yeah, 99% of the time they're not those people. Yeah. 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 Okay. Although we did That's have true. one the other day. Some guy just I don't know what what happened to him. He just he had a, he had five stars. So he was a um, he clicked on every link or whatever, but he never bought anything. He'd been on the list for you know for two years. And he just went on a Facebook rant. So, I don't know. We just deleted him from everything. So, um, yeah, you, can never, yeah. you can never tell. I like that, though, because it's kind of like, you know, you don't need that. There's enough to go around. There's another client. We don't need to spend our time on somebody that's making us feel bad or question what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Mm. So, David, in real terms, the email list, um, how has that kind of elevated, you know, what you do, your business, that sort of thing? Is it, do you feel like it's made like a big difference if you, say, if you didn't have the email list, for example, you know, would life be really difficult, a lot more difficult? Yeah, email list and, and my LinkedIn um, connection. I get a lot of business from LinkedIn. I don't um, Can we talk <laughs> about LinkedIn after you answer this question, actually? Continue, David. <laughs> Um, look, the email list is good. It's good because you know um, if you've if you've got a thousand people in your email list, you know that whenever you send out an email, just even if you don't have a really good open rate, you're going to get probably somewhere between twenty and fifty percent open rate on. Right? So so that's like three hundred people open your email, and then you know from that if you've got an offer in there, one percent should click on that offer. So again, that's you know that's ten people. It, and, and of those 10 people, a couple will buy. So you almost, you know, if you've got a pretty engaged list, you, you can almost guarantee that if you send out an offer, you're going to get you know, five people who respond. And if that's good enough for your business to, um, 
you know, to like a, if they're thousand dollar clients or whatever, then it's probably a pretty good result. So yeah, you just got to do the maths and, and work out what you're trying to get them to do. Um, you know, like no one's virtually no one's going to buy a ten thousand dollar product from an online thing. You have to talk to them. You have to. Yeah. So the call to action there shouldn't be buy my stuff. It should be talk for a, you know, a confidential personal assessment or, or whatever, right? Yeah. On the phone and then you make the sale. So. Yeah, LinkedIn then. So how are you sort of using LinkedIn as part of that? Yeah, yeah. I don't try and sell online. I, I want people. And, and it's two-way, right? I don't want someone to buy something and then I find out they're a complete pain. That's, I don't want that at all. It's a bit like... And I was saying before about unsubscribing people who um, who are difficult. I just don't want them. I don't want someone who's going to cause me trouble. So I want to talk to them. I want to see whether what I do is good for them. I want to see what they do is a good fit for my business. Um, I don't have any gambling clients or, um, you know, there's a few few clients that I just would not take in, in certain industries. And I want to make that decision before someone spends any money for them. So is that you look them up on LinkedIn to determine? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. If anyone who contacts me, I Google them. I, I yeah. Google their business. I Google them. Yeah. I look at their Facebook profile. I want to make sure they're not a, a rental. Oh. Yeah. So did you Google us before you decided to be on this call? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. Good. Good. Yes. So well, clearly we passed because yes, you yes. here we are. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny that you say that actually because I was approached by somebody um, yesterday to maybe do uh, like be on their YouTube show about something, and I looked through their Facebook feed and it just, without sounding like a jerk, it just the standard was so low, it was poorly executed, and I just thought, no, thank you, I don't want to align myself with that, mm. with that kind of. Yeah, and that's nice. a good decision because with this smoke, there's fine only on, online. So yeah, if you see some some negative stuff, it's always good to walk away. I think. So, yeah. David, are there any um, any sort of companies or tools you recommend? Lauren uses Flowdesk and loves it. I use Mailchimp. So, are there any sort of other you know companies or tools that you think are are really cool that we should be uh, aware of? Well, it really depends on what you're trying to do. Like, if you're trying to hook up other systems, like if you want to hook up your zero for instance or if you've got a business process that like we just did a, a link up for service mate which is a lot of tradies use that and we we couldn't get it to link to any other system so we we built an api into keep to, to do that right so you know if you want to do e-commerce well you can't really use mailchimp for that you need to have a proper crm that's got you know all those links in a so, you, so your woocommerce can come across and, and you can keep track of the transactions so um and if you have a lot of different types of clients and you want to do very individual, almost individual, but um, product line segmentation or um, you, know, you want to automate things, like you want them to progress through a sales pipeline, for instance, you have to have a system that runs on tags. So like Active Campaign can do it, mm. Infusionsoft can do it, HubSpot can do it. Um, but it's all, on, it's all about return on investment. Like, you know, there's no point paying thousand dollars a month for a system that's going to earn you less than a thousand dollars or is you know if, if you can if you spend a thousand dollars and it's going to end you end you ten thousand dollars that's probably a good thing right but if, yes. if if you're just doing broadcast emails or you've got a couple of different lists that you want to send to mailchimp's fine for that mm -hmm. it's, got, it's got enough 
automation if you want to build a bit of a pipeline sort of, of uh, like a campaign of emails. MailChimp can do that. You just got to pay a little bit for it. So it really depends on what you want to do with, with the data and whether it's worthwhile. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. So really just um, do the research, basically. Yeah, well, because it's about, like, you're in business, so it's, it's return on investment. There's yeah, no, 100%. And I see people all the time, <laughs> it just amazes me. I was talking yeah. to a guy um, this week, he spent 10 grand building a funnel, and he never even knew that it would work. Like someone was in, built in Kartra or something, so he's talked to this Kartra person, and said, oh, yeah, we can build that for you, but they didn't test it. They didn't test that it was actually going to produce a result. He would have been far better off just producing a couple of little landing pages doing some um, emails out through MailChimp and making sure it was actually going to convert before he spent any money. Just yes, incredible. More money than cents sometimes. <laughs> Dollars yeah. and cents, money than yeah, cents. Or yeah. Else, yeah, yeah, or else people just want like a quick fix right away without recognizing that, you know, you need to, yeah, like test this stuff. You need to see if there's a market for it. Exactly. Yeah, just because you think gonna, it's a great idea. <laughs> if people are going to convert via that process, they might that might be completely inappropriate for the age group or the demographic. You're right. So. Yeah, I would never put like 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds through some sort of, you know, email sequence no. funnel. Yeah, exactly. Well, David, that's been great. We learned a lot in that um, short period of time. So yeah. thank you so much for... Um, for giving us all the goods. We really appreciate that. If our listener at home would like to work with you or find out more about what you offer, um, how can they do that? Uh, well, my website's um, optimized.net.au, so optimized with an S. Um, you can see a little bit more about what we do on the website. Uh, you can email me, I guess, if you wanted to, or, or give me a call. So um, my uh, email address is info at optimized.net.au or you can call me on uh, 1-800-163-770. Great. And we'll put a link to all that stuff in the show notes. And I actually meant to ask you as well, David, whether or not there was any kind of lasting remarks that you wanted to, to make that or any questions that Michelle or I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up before we sign off. Well, I think I alluded to a little bit before. Like if, you, if you're new to digital marketing, um, and and you want to do things for your business, please don't spend thousands of dollars as your first step. Do not do that. Um, you need to test things. You can test things for free on yeah. on Facebook. Um, you can you can almost um, you, you can do email outs for free through Mailchimp. Um, there's a, there's some free website sort of software you can you can run. You can do things really cheaply and test that it's going to work. There's, you know, is there a demand for it? Do people want it? You know, talk to your, your existing clients and your best prospects and get them to tell you what, what they would like from you um, before you do anything. So it's uh, probably the key message. I see too many people just wasting money and it's, they can't afford it. And it's, mm. um, yeah. You, and probably the only, the only other thing I'd say is um, if you're in business you know, and it's not a hobby, you have to make money. So don't be afraid to charge people for what it's worth. Fair enough to give away a little bit at a discount when you first start, but then be very selective about who you choose as your clients and don't be afraid to charge them what you're worth. Yeah, I love that because there's there's a, sometimes a challenge in charging what you're worth and 
I think that, you know, as women too, sometimes it's difficult for us to charge what we feel we're worth or know we're worth. I don't know if it's a, if it necessarily is a male or female thing, I guess, but I just think that sometimes the conversation around money, you kind of feel like uncomfortable, I guess, by saying that, you know, this is my rate, but really when we've done 20 years of work, obviously that's going to be your rate. So yes. I love that conversation. So thank you for bringing that up because I agree with you. Like we're not volunteers. And if you're making a business from this, then you have to make sure that everything you do has a good ROI assigned exactly. with it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Cool. Great tips. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. David. You're awesome. Appreciate your time. All right. So thanks for you guys. I'll, I'll uh, keep in touch. Eh? Yes. Keep in touch. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thank thank you. you. See ya. All right. And uh, that was our conversation with David Letizia. And well, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I got so much out of that. And I don't know if you noticed, I was writing notes yeah, I uh, during notice. the entire. And I was like, oh, good. Yeah. 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 And I think one of the things that I really, really loved in that because, and as I said to David, I didn't realize about the subject line, you know, how important the subject line was. Yeah. You know, we wanted to ask about headlines and headings and is that the most important thing? But the subject line, like who knew that, that, you know, that could potentially put you in spam. Yeah, I didn't And it's that. interesting because Lisa Williams, the course, the mediumship course that I did, some of her emails, most of her emails go into spam, most of them. And I was like, un, you know, marking them not as junk mail, not as spam yeah. and all of that. But then they keep going in. Mm. So it makes sense now because it's not the email address. It's the subject line that's putting it in spam. Yeah. So it's funny. I never realized I know that. my business sometimes shows up in um, promotions folder in Gmail, but I don't do sales yeah. or any of that stuff in my. Yeah. Um, Lisa's often doing that. Oh sort of yeah. Stuff. I'm yeah. not, but I think it's yeah. because it's a business name as the email sender that it seems like it's a promotional Possibly. thing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I Gosh, like that. that, was, that and, was, you know, I kind of, I love that he Googled us first to see whether or not he wanted to speak with us. I thought that was a really good yeah. thing to do because like Absolutely. I was saying to you before, when I was asked to be on that woman's show, it wasn't the, it wasn't at the caliber that I wanted to be associated with. And that's okay mm. how that sounds. Cause it's true though. I, I didn't want to be in a yeah. dimly lit room and I didn't want to have that kind of vibe going on with what I'm doing. It just didn't match. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and if David had um, found that we didn't match what he wanted to be about, he would have just, you know, um, said, thank you, but no, thank that's you. Right. And, and I think that's really important is that when you're given an opportunity, you don't need to say yes to everything. And exactly. that's a really big deal because when you are being aligned with something, you want to make sure that it, it hits your values, it hits your belief system, it feels good with you know you that you want to be represented by that person or whatever it is that you're on. Yeah. I thought that was really Yep, good. just so I know we did an episode on that, Lauren, didn't we? Yeah. The goodie. Yeah, what I, I there were so many things, so many yeah, takeaways so from that I can't even tell. Like it was it was amazing. Um I love the feedback that you get with different email services as well. Obviously I'm using MailChimp as we spoke about in that chat then, but it's really good to know, you know, who's opening it, how many people are opening it. Sometimes people say to me, oh, like I didn't receive it and I can see it was sent for sure, you know, with MailChimp. So I'm like, you know, check spam, like, you know, we can figure it out. Yeah. So it is, I like the visuals. Um, I'm very good with, with that sort of yeah. thing. And 
uh, and the stats, you know, it's good to be able to follow. Okay, so I don't have a thousand subscribers, but, you know, building up to that point, it's good to know the percentages and the likelihood of people looking at things. Yeah. And, you know, if you get 10, 10 out of the thousand uh, clicking and, and potentially taking off for, taking advantage of your offer, mm. I think that's pretty good. Like, I think they're good odds. And it could be a different 10 people each time potentially as well. So I think that uh, what was helpful for me as well, and this is something I'll share uh, based on the week I've had as well, because I need to really reevaluate what I'm doing um, because some things mm-hmm. I'm doing aren't necessarily supporting my business, like my spiritual mm-hmm. podcast but I want to do that. But at the same time, it's probably going to be one of the first things that I drop for a while. If I have to drop something, oh, what a shame. yeah, well, I'll just yeah. see how it goes because I'm not a machine. Right. And one yeah. thing that I realized that I do do a fair amount of is I, I do an, a weekly newsletter and those weekly mm. newsletters can take me anywhere from half an hour to two hours to write. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to weigh up whether or not I just do a monthly newsletter for now or fortnightly or every two weeks Mm. as opposed to every week. Because sometimes when you look at what you're doing as a return on investment, right, I can continue to nurture and build my audience and create a good connection with a weekly or with a monthly email. And if that saves me anywhere from, you know, two to four hours a month where I can focus on growing my business that might be a better return on investment for me at this stage. So it's kind of, I think it's important, you know, like David was talking about to look at your return on investment. And if you're taking time or you're spending time on things, that's not yielding that yet to kind of see how you can modify and tweak them. And uh, I think that, you know, like he said, as long as you're showing up on a monthly basis, because the thing is that when you're building relationships with people, you don't just want to go bye, bye, bye from me, bye, bye, bye. You want to build a relationship mm. and then make the ask and then make the sell. Yeah. But you can't do that if you haven't taken the time to give them value as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think with the newsletter, I mean, because I subscribe to a few different you know, services and I think a, a monthly newsletter is kind of normal or average. Like I, I don't receive sort of weekly newsletters from too many of the people I subscribe to or the services or companies that I subscribe to. But what I think David was talking about was really good in that, you know, you could certainly send out an email once a week, you know, but it doesn't have to be a newsletter. It could just be, Hey guys, we've got this awesome thing going on at the moment or, you know, yeah. And you do that anyway. Like I know you have a lot of those, I think automated, some of those things are automated. No, all my um, stuff is not automated at the moment. Oh, it's not automated. I have one automated where people sign up for my lead magnet and then they get Oh yeah, automated yeah, yeah. email welcome, but that's it at the moment. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. So that's a lot of work, Lauren. And I don't feel like, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I'd be missing out on anything if the newsletter was monthly because you still have contact. Like we still yeah. have contact with you. We still receive emails yeah. from you like on a weekly basis anyway. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's... One thing that I'm doing though with you- the newsletter is that I write my newsletter and then I repurpose that into a blog. And then I also use Uh, some of that as Facebook live content or social content. So I do take one big thing and I break it down into smaller chunks that I then focus. But at the same time, right now, I need to be making decisions that kind of generate more time for me to have for myself or... Yeah. Yeah. So... And it's on investment as we said yeah yeah because i'm doing uh one blog a week i'm doing uh, in general two facebook lives a week i'm doing three podcasts a week and one newsletter a week and then that's that's on top of like 
doing everything else I'm doing as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I went and going, okay, you know, not everything is equal, which I know. And I've talked about that before. So what can kind of go to the side, but still create a good impact. So yeah. And it's good. It's important to share these, these aha moments and uh, Mm -hmm. to recognize these, you know, make these tweaks and I can always amp it up again, you know, like you're saying for something special or something. Yeah. And we're constantly reassessing, Yeah, you know, we, we're not sort of experienced and in this sort of line of work and it was both of us were sort of thrown into it. So I think when you, um, when you have that happen, like it's good to talk about it, like we're doing and figure out the best way to do it. And obviously our businesses are quite different, so it's going to be different, but it's still good to sort of bounce ideas off and, you know, brainstorm, which we do a lot of together. Um, One of the things I also liked about what David was talking about is if someone does unsubscribe or someone drops off your list or something like that, it's really good to kind of check in with them and say, well, Hey, you know, if they were someone who was um, someone who clicked on all of your things Mm. and, you know, were interactive, like to check in on them. And what I really loved is I subscribed to Tony Robbins, um, who I just adore. And I actually got an email from them and I felt really guilty because a lot of the time I don't even click into a lot of the emails because I subscribe to that. Also like Louise Hay or Hay House, you know, all of those different things. And often I'm just kind of going through because I'm writing bios and doing other things. I'm like usually just looking for that, you know, or bookings. Sometimes bookings come through my email as well for readings and things. So sometimes I just go through and I'll delete all of that stuff. And I got an email from um, Tony Robbins uh, people And they were like, oh, you know, we just want to check why you're not opening our emails. And it was in the subject line. So I could sort of see that. I'm like, oh, shivers, I better open that one. And I really appreciated that. And ever since then, I've made the effort to go in and have a look and sort of scroll through and things like that. Because it was almost just like a subconscious thing that I was doing where I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't need to deal with that right now. And I was just going through and deleting everything and not going back to it. So I think that was quite a a good tip for me with my list, my people that I'm sort of emailing and stuff like that. If I don't have a lot of clickable things in my emails, it's more just like information. Here's your zoom link. Here's your whatever. Cause it's for mentorship, but I am going to start, you know, when I put up my prices, I'll send out emails to everyone, letting them know, Hey guys, if you want to get the prices at this current rate, you know, you need to book now. Uh, otherwise they're going up from next month, you know, something like that. And so, you know, I think it is a really great way to communicate. And then if people drop off, then I want to know why, like I'm very you know, personable mm. in that way. So I definitely want to ask the question rather than just letting someone disappear. I scrubbed my email list a little while ago. Actually, I didn't have a lot of people on it anyway, but uh, one thing I was listening with uh, Amy Porterfield and Neil Patel, they were talking on a podcast, Amy Porterfield and Neil Patel are both really big experts when it comes to building your email list. And we'll put links to their websites in the show notes as well because they're definitely the experts as well in this, in this arena, but, uh, they were talking about scrubbing your email list. So basically I email weekly. So I was able to see who hadn't opened an email in 90 days and I removed them from Mm -hmm. my list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did that because, and you don't ask them or talk to them or I just did it. No, No. because I was like, you know, I think people are busy. If they recognize like miss hearing from me, then they can just resign up. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that way I, I want to make sure my email list, my conversion rate or my open rate is really high where uh, and yeah, I want to make right. sure that the people that are on the email list want to be on it. And uh, I don't like yeah. spamming people with stuff that they're not interested in reading or want. I, I just not yeah. interested. Yeah. So I, yeah. Anyway, so 
uh, tools to improve your life. Anything specific that you wanted to sort of bring up around that? That was Neil Patel. So that's Lauren's great tips. And Amy Porterfield as well. Yeah, and Amy Porterfield. So we've got um, the link there. We'll pop that into the show mm-hmm. notes. And I think for me, it's really about uh, checking the the feedback, asking for feedback. I think um, I'm going to be moving forward, taking some polls um, similar to or in line with what David was talking about, maybe just asking people, you know, what is it that you want? You know, before I sort of start to send out emails and things like that, um, I took a poll when I started the mentorship group, for example, just to find out what day, you know, times, that sort of thing, like suited everyone. So, you know, some people were like, oh, you know, just set the day and time and everyone's got to be there. But I was like, well, you know, not like some people have to do before school, other people are after school. And I'm kind of glad that I did the poll because now I've got the two groups. So it's actually more profitable for me. Um, and it's no, it's no big deal for me on my, like in terms of my workload, because Monday is kind of a practice. So I can see what works well on the Monday. And then on the Thursday, it's just boom. Like it's really smooth sailing. I don't have to worry about anything because I've already sort of tr- given it a trial run. So I think the poll for that worked really well for me. Um, and obviously I've got people doing a one-on-one, but I think, yeah, I, I want to sort of really figure out what it is that people kind of want from me, what's really popular. I know my reading healing service works really well. So maybe I promote that, you know, once a month, have a special on that. So that's given me some really good tips moving forward. And I think for the listener at home, talking to your audience, finding out what they want, because if people are unsubscribing, it probably means that we haven't been engaging, you know, as much as we we should be and uh, asking the questions, you know, what is it that you want from me? So I think that's uh, a really great tip is communicating and engaging with your audience. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. Awesome. Yeah. So, so the party element today, Lauren, yeah. is brought to you by? The party element is brought to you by Raw Raw Consulting and the Raw Raw Spirit Team. And it's a lead magnet, of course, because, you know, full disclosure, it's a lead magnet, y'all. Um, so basically, if you're running out of time or you're having a hard time finding, you know, those moments in your day for yourself, kind of like I was talking about earlier for, for that facial or for doing that yoga or like going out to the beach or whatever, then you can download our free time tracker. And basically what you do is you just make a note of what you're doing during those time blocks over the course of your week. And then you could find the mm-hmm. gaps that matter. Cause I think that a lot of people don't recognize that they actually do have time to do stuff as long as they schedule it mm. in and that there are gaps there where they're wasting their time or they're being frivolous. Right. Mm. Uh, I think I talked about this before, but in general, people only work 50% of the day because they're, you know, taking lunch breaks, they're on a coffee break, they're checking their phone, they're, you know, getting up and talking to somebody at around the corner, they're looking on Facebook, they're right, they're doing all these other things, they're distracting them. So uh, yeah, so laser focus and, you know, downloading this time tracker will really help you with that. So yeah, Mm. so that's, that's sponsored to the party element sponsored by that. But the party element this week is I actually did a spoiler alert at the very beginning of the show, which is essentially carving out three social things for you to do every week. So I'd really recommend that, you know, you start next week. What is it that I can do? I haven't done mine, so I'll need to do it. Three social things that I can do this week that get me out of my house or get fun injected in my life. So whatever it is for you, it's just, it's important because that's why we're on earth is we're here to have fun and live life and life doesn't need to be as serious as we make it out to be. And as business people, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're making the right decisions and aware of our time management, then really what we're doing is we can create time to enjoy our life. And that's what it's about. That's why we work, right? So 
Yeah. 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 And when we say social things, we're not necessarily talking about big dollars, like no. big bucks. We're just talking about, you know, doing the bike riding, you know, things like that can be yeah. um, going for a surf. It gets a bit warmer, you know, all those sorts yeah. of things are still social, hanging out with your mates. Take dinner going and to have the a picnic on the beach, you yeah. know, or whatever. Anything like that. Yeah. It's is it getting out of the house? Yeah. yeah, because we're both quite housebound and many of our listeners at home. There's a lot of people, a lot more people, I think, working from home. So, yeah, yeah we get a bit, um, bit used to being there. One of the, I guess, recommendations or final sort of um, recommendations I just wanted to make, and this is kind of based on what David spoke about as well, is really figuring out where your key audience is being driven from. So for some people, it may be LinkedIn. Some people, it might be Instagram. If you're very sort of visual and, you know, putting up amazing images and things like that. Pinterest, you know, is a big one. Facebook, Twitter, you know, that sort of thing. So I think moving forward, it's important for ourselves and also our listener at home just to look at that before we try and target a particular audience or spend money on advertising because it is all about return on investment ultimately. So figuring out where our key audience is and also how best to connect with them. And for me, moving forward, it's going to be a lot about sort of uh, feedback, polls, engaging, you know, figuring out what what it is they want, I guess, to keep that unsubscribing part of um, the situation low. So unsubscribes, I, I want to keep that fairly low. And if people are unsubscribing, I kind of, I would like to, I guess, know why, you know, so I'll be um, following up depending on the person, I guess, too, like David said, like if they're not overly engaged anyway, maybe it doesn't matter so much. Yeah, so, it's not, probably not worth yeah. your time, but yeah. Anyway, you see if there's yeah. a trend, but get started and don't think about unsubscribes yet. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I've got my mail, mailing list and it's working quite well. I think um, what he said about the different businesses, you know, cause our businesses are quite different. Um, it's good to, to know that, that there are mailing lists that will be more suitable for someone who works in construction, you know, and things like that. So it, or e-commerce. So it depends on, um, depends on your business a lot of the time, what you, what you choose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just feel like that episode has been just filled with, um, yeah, just a lot of gold, a lot of really good tips and tricks. Mm. So really, really thrilled about that. So what's happening next episode? We're Lauren? talking about backing talking about your big idea because, you know, sometimes yeah. we um, have a big idea and we don't, we don't do it until we're, you know, made redundant. We have to, <laughs> So, yeah. you know, yeah. I actually talked to somebody the other day, yesterday, I was at the bookstore and at a bookstore and he was working there and he said he really wanted to open his own bookstore, his own secondhand bookstore. And I was like, well, why, why aren't you? And he went, uh, mm. just too comfortable. And I said, well, what's the worst that can happen? You lose all your money. That's it. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah. But then I said, <laughs> you can have a little nest egg, you can have a nest egg put aside and then you just, you know, then you got yeah. that. And he went, uh, right. And I just kind of, so I'm, it's interesting, you know, to plant the seed to go, well, yeah. doing your big idea. Yeah. It's like Elizabeth Gilbert, big magic. You know, she goes through, I think it's four pages of all the reasons you shouldn't do it. And she's like, every single reason that you could ever think of should be on these four pages. And it's like literally four pages of all of the, oh, it's too hard. I'm in my comfort zone and all those things. It's all there. And she's like, all right, so we've got all that out of the way. Let's just do it now. You know what I mean? So I love that. I think that's really, really powerful. I I might even um, put a link to that in the show notes because that's a great book, Big Magic. Yes. Yeah. Ahead of uh, next week's episode. I think that'll be really great. Awesome. Really, really. All right. Well, this has been the business in the front. Party in the back. 
podcast. If you loved what you heard, I'm just going to go with this. Um, I'm on the go fourth. Bye, Lauren. Don't interrupt. If you loved what you heard this week, tell all your friends about it. Share us on socials. Give us some feedback, comment. Let us know what you want to hear about. And if you didn't love it, don't tell anybody. Nice work. Like what Thank you, you Thanks, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> Chat next week. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Thank you.